before we begin today, I just wanted to apologize for the chaotic scheduling of the podcast. For anyone that knows me, I'm kind of a chaotic person, and sometimes I don't stick to schedules well. But I promise from now on I will do better, and this podcast will have a consistent weekly schedule where in between Sunday night and early Monday morning, a podcast will be posted to Spotify, to Anchor, and to Apple Podcast. I will say, however, that sometimes you will see it pop up on Spotify faster than Apple Podcasts, and that's just because of the hosting site I use. So once again, I apologize for the inconvenient schedule, and I thank you all for sticking on there with me. And I would encourage you all to share this series if you've ever felt it to be encouraging or if you've ever learned something from it. And I also wanted to invite you to send me an email and contact me using the fightforyourcitypodcast.gmail.com email address. And there, I just want you to send me topics that you may like me to cover or events that have happened in your life about how you've been successful in evangelizing to other people. You can send prayer requests. You can send uh, ideas, whatever it may be. I would love to hear from you. And after all that, I'd love for us to get into our podcast today. So let's begin. Welcome to the Fight for Your City podcast, presented by Dover Chapel. When I was 12 years old, I was playing on the computer, and finally my parents decided to give in. After months of begging them, after months of being on theirs, my parents finally let me create an account on www.facebook.com The year was 2012, I believe it was on my 12th birthday, they finally let me have a Facebook. And I don't know if my parents knew at that moment, because I know I surely didn't know at that moment, about how important that milestone would be in my life. Because the whole world at that time didn't realize that we were moving into an age of social media. And people had 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 brief glimpses into what that would look like. People were calling each other freely. People were texting each other freely with their limited minutes and their limited text messages. The iPhone was starting to come out. People were starting to buy them. And all of a sudden you knew everyone had an iPhone. And then other apps came that people would use along with Facebook or instead of Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, and later on Vine, and later on when Vine failed, TikTok, and all these other things. I truly don't think anyone who was an adult at that time saw what social media would do. And what it did is that it changed everything. It changed how we talked about stuff. It changed our news cycle. It changed the way we live our lives. It changed the way how we do vacations. It changed the clothes that we wear. It changed how we dress to go to certain events. Everything in our lives seemed to change when social media was introduced. And that includes, in many ways, the church. 
Social media is now a focus point of so many of our churches right now. If you would go online and you would look at some of uh, the much larger churches in your area, I'm talking about the churches of thousands or tens of thousands of people, you will see that, that, na- that they not only have one person on their staff dedicated to just social media, you will see they're hiring sometimes double digits of people just for production and just for video videoing and just for editing, all of those things just for their social media accounts. Some people in the church have adapted to this cultural change. They now focus efforts on social media, such as during COVID, a lot of our churches began to stream for the first time. We began to make posts and try and interact with people in our church and especially people outside our church. But I know still, even years, a decade after social media became a focal point in our culture, so many of us focus on the negatives of it. And let's be honest, we all know it's true. There's a lot of negatives that come with social media. So this will be the first time on this podcast that we are going to do a two-parter discussing the blessing and the curse that is social media. And for this week, we're going to start off with the easy part, which is talking about all the negative stuff that comes with social media. And beginning to talk about that, I want to tell you all a story that I saw the other day when I was going through uh, my Facebook reels, like I'm sure many of you get caught up doing sometimes. I don't know about you, but I've never watched the show Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I'm just not into celebrity culture. I'm not into the drama. That's just not something that I've been involved with heavily in my life. And so the show Keeping Up With The Kardashians never appealed to me. I've never watched a single episode of it. But then as I'm going through Facebook, a clip from the episode comes up in my feed. And it's of Kim Kardashian crying. Now, why is Kim Kardashian crying? Well, here's why she's crying. Her son was playing on his iPad. He was playing this video game called Roblox. And this thing with Roblox is that different people can create different worlds. And you can do a bunch of really cool stuff on it. Do a bunch of cool games. And while her son was playing on it, there came up a picture on the game on the world that someone else had made and he went and he showed his mommy said mommy mommy look and it was a picture of her face and she was crying and it's this kind of famous meme image that you would see online a lot and she got upset and she took the ipad away from him and one what she did when she took the ipad away from him is that she clicked the link on it because there was a link inhibited in the picture And what some of you may not know about Kim Kardashian is that quite a number of years ago, uh, there was a tape of her that got released of her having uh, relations with a rapper. And it became public. And it was free for the world to see. And so, in that moment, she was telling the story to her sisters 
and her mom, and she was bawling her eyes out. She thankfully said that her son didn't click the link and see the video. But she was crying, realizing that one day he was going to grow up and that one day he was going to know that that video existed. That one day people were going to use that video against him throughout his childhood and into adulthood. That a video of his mom being naked and the more and more pictures of it was going to be out there. And millions of people, hundreds of millions of people have seen it and are going to continue to see it. And that was crushing her inside, realizing some of the consequences of those actions that she had made you know, years and years ago. And that led me to thinking about an aspect of social media that we're forgetting. Social media and the internet, in many ways, is almost eternal. It's not fully eternal because one day this world is going to die and one day all that awful stuff is going to be erased. But know for the time that we are on earth and even after we die, as long as that internet exists, there's going to be traces of what we've posted and what people have posted about us. It's going to be there for a long, long, long time, way past our lives here. And that's one thing we don't think about sometimes when we post stuff on social media. It's not only out there for anyone to see most of the time or for any one of our friends, if we're keeping it private, to take pictures of and to post themselves. It's out there and it's going to remain out there. It doesn't just stay private. It doesn't just among stay among a few people. People are going to see it, and if they don't like it, they are going to share it with the world, and it's going to remain there. How many times have we seen someone post something just very dumb and not really thought out, and they try and delete it, but someone else is taking a picture of it, and even after they've apologized for it and everything, people are still retweeting it, and new people are finding it and getting just as upset, and it builds and builds and builds, and it goes on for years. I tell you, there's people who made a mistake by saying something, and it was posted on the internet, or they posted something that they tweeted out or made a Facebook post about. And it was years ago and they've deleted it and they've apologized for it and they've grieved over it and people are still finding it and harassing them for it. We have to understand what we are putting out on social media is going to last a long, long, long time. And saying that, we need to be careful about it. We need to be careful about what we're putting out in the world. We need to think clearly and think things through. Not just post our emotions, not do what they tell you to do and just post what's ever on the top of your head. No, we need to think through it because our actions do have consequences and they may not be immediate. It may take time, but they will happen. I saw a skit made one time. I forget who made the skit, but they, it, I believe it was The Onion. And they were joking about how in 2040, they will have a hard time finding politicians 
Because now from the ages of like eight years old all the way up until then, that person's history uh, of their life and all those mistakes are going to be on social media. That you can no longer hide the dumb things that you said in high school or the dumb things that you did in college because it's going to be out there and it's going to be there and people are going to see it and people are going to dig for it. Just like how nowadays anybody's bound to get canceled when they start digging in their social media to find some dumb comment they made years or a decade ago. So we need to be careful about what we're posting. We need to be careful, pastors. We need to be careful about what we're saying sometimes in sermons because now if we make a mistake, it's not just us and whoever's in front of us on Sunday. It's there for whoever comes across that video. And if we make a bad enough mistake and it starts getting shared all around, it's going to be much harder to overcome because, yes, we can apologize for it. And, yes, we can ask God for forgiveness and we can ask our congregation for forgiveness and we can ask the Internet for forgiveness but it's still going to continue to cause harm because it's out there and it's out there for a long, long, long time. But it's not just pastors that need to be careful. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we got to be careful. But also to the average church member, I tell you, be careful. And I know you've probably never posted anything too bad. A lot of you who are older, you haven't probably posted a picture that was too bad or made such a bad mistake. You've never went viral for something that you posted that was bad. But we also have to remember that there are witnesses all around us that because we are believers, they are looking to us. Some are looking for us to fail in a way they can call out the church, a way that they can dismiss Christianity. Those are always going to exist, and there's not really much we can do about them except try our best. But there's also people who you're called to be a missionary to. They're the people that you, God has called you to reach out to. So what happens when they see you post something that unnecessarily offends them. I'm not talking about posting about things that are truly righteous and truly right and people are going to get upset over. But I'm talking about the things that we post that are unnecessary and offend people. When we make fun of politicians or political parties for unjust, for unnecessary reasons. And all of a sudden now we've alienated half the people in our country or something that may not be worth arguing with them about. Maybe we go a little too far when talking about a sports team. And it makes some people so upset. Some people really care about their sports teams and it hurts them so much that they don't want to talk with you anymore. Maybe we post a joke that's just a little too edgy and it offends someone that we hold dear to us or it offends a brother in Christ or it hurts someone who God has called us to reach out to and now it's going to be a lot harder to do so because it's there. And they can keep going back to it. Maybe they'll screenshot it 
And they'll keep looking at it when they're going through their phone. And every time they do, it's a reminder of why they're mad at you. I'm not saying we should be a slave to people who are always getting offended. People are going to get offended over dumb stuff a lot of the time. But I'm saying we should be careful. We should think through what we're posting as to not unnecessarily offend or dismiss someone. And also we should be wise in knowing what we're putting out there on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever. It's going to be there a long time. And we need to ask ourselves, are we okay with this being out here for decades to come or till the end of my life? So I ask you, my brothers and sisters, when we think about social media, let us be wise in the decisions that we make. May we ponder what it can mean. May we ponder who's going to see it. May we ponder what their reactions may be. In the same way, don't only do so in social media, but do it in our lives as well. As we speak to one another, as we teach one another, ask ourselves, may we ask ourselves, is this right? Am I saying the right thing? Am I saying it the right way? And does it truly need to be said? Thank you all for listening today, and I hope you can turn in next week where we talk about the great things that can come from using the internet and social media to fight for our cities, our states, our country, and all over the world for the love of Christ. Have a great week, you all.